Hi there. Welcome to this episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Doherty. And today, Bill Bushhouse, who is one of the former directors of His Hill, will be leading us in a Bible study from Psalm 116. As you're making your way to that passage, I want to just say by way of introduction or ask the question, are there times in your life when you just wish you were heard? We all go through times that are, are challenging, times that can be scary, and we just wish we would be heard. Well, Bill is going to remind us today that as believers, we are heard. Bibles to the uh, 116th Psalm, Psalm 116. I want to share with you some thoughts uh, from that Psalm, and I want to share it in the context of sort of what my relationship with Jesus Christ has boiled down to. 68 years old, been through a lot, a lot of different circumstances, and you know, when I was younger, I was part of various churches, and there was always, I think almost always, some kind of a program that was offered. I remember the, one of the first ones was called Discipleship Now. Then there was Master Life, and then, you know, just various, various programs. I don't think any of those were really bad, but I'm finding more and more and more that there's a greater simplicity in my relationship with Jesus Christ. In fact, it is such a simplicity that anyone can do it because it's all dependent on Him, totally upon the work of Jesus Christ and nothing of mine. And uh, it's easy. It's a light load. So let's start off And I want to pray for us before we get started and just ask the Lord to bless this time. Heavenly Father, as we open your word, my request is that it would benefit the hearers, that your Holy Spirit would take that which is yours and speak through me to the hearts and the minds of your children and anyone else who might be listening. And I ask this through Jesus. Amen. Uh, I was having a discussion once with a, a guy I labored with, a Christian. And uh, he was talking about the method he was currently employing of getting rid of anger. It was like uh, 10 steps to deliverance from anger. And I said, what, what, what's wrong with dead with Christ and risen with Christ? <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that not working anymore? Uh and from that point, that was a long time ago, back in the 80s, I start asking myself, what, what is really essential? The Christian life has got to be super simple, or I'll miss it. I'm not a complex person. Uh, but this uh, passage in Psalm 116 sums up so much, and I love it. So if I get misty a little bit, you won't see me do that, but you might hear it and in my voice, because this has been so good. Here's how it starts. 
I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my supplications. Think of that. I love the Lord. Oh, I should love the Lord for no reason other than what he is. Well, that's not what it says. It says, I love the Lord for something he does. And what is it he does? He hears my voice. Think of that. I mean, you pause and meditate on that for a while. Well, Bill, you don't know what condition I'm in. I've been thinking horrible thoughts. and well, That's not what it says, is it? I love the Lord because he hears my voice. Right here at this desk that I'm sitting near, I've come many times dry as a bone, sometimes angry, sometimes frustrated, sometimes downcast, sometimes just filled with joy. But I'll come and say, Lord, I need you. Father, I, nothing I can do right now can change my heart. Nothing I can do. I can't get up the gumption uh, to seek you. And I call upon the Lord, and he hears my voice. And the answers to those simple prayers, I believe, are the birthright of every one indwelt by his spirit, every one of his children, to come. There's times when I'm tired, so tired, my body hurts, and uh, there's times when I don't feel like reading my Bible. There's times when I don't feel like talking much to people, you know, about anything spiritual. Uh, there's times when I can't do this where I can't do that, but I can always whisper God, I need you. And guess what? He hears my voice. Suppose that, uh, suppose we were having uh, trouble with Russia. Just suppose. And uh, suppose, you know, everybody was riled up and we're in a group and we're discussing Russia, you know. And I said, y'all hold on a minute. Let me call Mr. Putin. Let me just... Talk to him a minute. You'd be shocked, wouldn't you, that I could talk to, you know, the president of Russia, prime minister, whatever they call him, that someone that high would hear my voice, <laughs> even take the call, even know I exist, would be an amazing thing, wouldn't it? But listen to this. The God of the universe who created the heavens and the earth the Almighty, the All-Wise, the All-Knowing, the All-Merciful, our Good Shepherd, our King, the potter over the clay, the shepherd over the sheep. You get the picture, right? He hears my voice. That's easy. Sometimes I think I've got to find a way to the way. Are you with me? I've got to find a way to the way. I've got to get my mind right here. Well, I do got to get my mind right, but I can't get it right. But I can do this. Lord, I need my mind right on this, right? I need my mind right. And this isn't boasting. It's just simple fact. He has never failed me. He has never failed. I, I can't remember a time when I've left this room having not had that a burden lifted. Because he cares for me. Cast all your cares upon 
Jesus, for he cares for you, right? And uh, I don't know if it's because I'm over simple or over needy that he responds. Now, it's interesting, in other areas, I've prayed long and hard about many things that have not been answered. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying about the burden of my heart, finding that rest and peace in Jesus, being able to no longer worry about this, that, or the other, that he has been faithful. And I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my supplication. Supplication, a request. Think about it. Now, verse 2. Because he has inclined his ear to me, therefore I shall call upon him as long as I live. Here we have again just the same picture in different words, right? Think of this. He's inclined his ear to me. That, that, that means special attention, doesn't it? If you're in a crowded group and you're talking, you're saying something to somebody, and they lean over and put their hand behind their ear and lean your way, they want to hear you, right? They want to don't want to hear the buzz of the crowd. They want to hear you. They're giving you special attention. He has inclined his ear to Bill Bushhouse. Present tense reality that while I'm crying unto him, he is inclining his ear to me. You've had children, Jelly, and. It's like no matter what you're doing, you could be in there watching a ball game or whatever, and you'll say, is that the baby crying? Our ears are attentive to their cry. Our ears are attentive to their cry. Now, what does, in, in, as, much as, in as much as God inclines his ear to us. This is the truth. We don't change this. We can't make this happen or make it unhappen. He is who he is. Well, what in light of that? Look at what David says at the end of verse 2. Because he has inclined his ear to me, now this is easy, therefore I shall write a book on prayer, seven steps to... <laughs> no. Look, what does he say? Since he's inclined his ear to me, therefore, I shall call upon him as long as I live. Call upon him. Call upon him. Lord, I need you. Lord, I wish these guys would come and finish this floor. We had a lot of damage in that cold, cold for Texas winter we had, and we're still not getting it done. Lord, better yet, rid me from the burden of worrying about all that. No matter what circumstance you might find yourself in, whether it be, let's say, temptation or uh, frustration or depression or just straying, call upon the name of the Lord. Just get alone somewhere, walk in a field, take a drive. Say, Lord, I need you. I need you in this situation. I need you right now. And I'm going to call upon him as long as I live. I might not read my Bible every day as long as I live. Right? I might not go to church every Sunday as long as I live. 
I might not teach up at his hill every year as long as I live. I might not meet Kelly and I are during a little break here. We're talking about a little home group we have in our house. Uh, I might not do that as long as I live. I might not be married as long as I live. But I will call upon him as long as I live. That's something I'm going to do every day, all of my life. You ever get a song in your head from the 70s <laughs> or the 60s? I grew up in the 60s. You'll wake up some days and this song will be in your head. And you, Where did that come from? That's a raunchy song. I don't, want, I don't want that thing. I mean, it's a pretty cool song, but I don't want to be having that thing repeating in my brain all day. Call upon the Lord. Say, Lord, I want a better song in my mind. I want to think on better things. Now, you might think, well, that's that was written by someone who really loved the Lord. Maybe David, probably David. And I'm not a David. You know, he was in unique circumstances. He was, you know had this covenant made to him. But look at verse 3. It's not what he says. It's not what he records. The cords of death compassed me, compassed me. The cords of death. I was at the very point of death. The terrors of Sheol came upon me. He was afraid. He was afraid. Fear is a horrible thing, isn't it? I don't fear a lot. I don't struggle with fear a lot. I, I struggle with other things, talking out of turn, that kind of thing, you know. The cords of death encompassed me, and the terrors of Sheol, Sheol came upon me. And look at this. I found distress and sorrow. Sometimes we think these things are not uh, native to the Christian. Does that make sense? Oh, something must be wrong in your life. You've got, uh, what does it say here? you got distress and sorrow. You shouldn't have distress and sorrow. You should be delivered from distress and sorrow. Well, David had distress and sorrow. Jesus was a man of sorrow and acquainted grief. Uh, how that mingles with joy, I can't explain. Maybe Kelly can, you know. <laughs> but uh, I get distressed. I get sorrowful. I think the biggest thing I'm calling upon the name of the Lord in these days is just fatigue. Plain old brain tired. I'm just tired. My brain is in a fog so much. I never quite 100% recovered from that COVID bout. At least that's where I blame the brain, brain fog. Huh? You know? But it doesn't matter. I found distress and sorrow. What did he do in verse 4? Look at this. I love this. I just love this. Then... I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, save my life. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Here I am. O Lord, I beseech thee, deal with this problem. And I, I, I think I'm not reading too much into the text here, but I think particularly problems of the heart. Problems of the heart and the thought life and the attitude, you know, and the attitude, and just to take those to Jesus. Take those to your heavenly Father. Wait a minute, do I take them to Jesus, or it's the same person, right? I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, save my life. Simple request, isn't it? And you, we, we can make simple requests. I can make simple requests. Anywhere, anytime, under any condition I find myself, I can make a simple 
cry to the Lord from my heart. Now, verse 5, he tells us about God, something he knows about God, and something that is true because it's here in his word, and that we ought to know about God as we beseech him, as it says here, as we call upon him, as we make our cry unto him. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Those, those ever seem to conflict in your life? <laughs> you know, the righteousness of God is, is similar, almost synonymous with the holiness of God, the purity of God. He's righteous. He's right. He's right in all his ways. Well, if God were only righteous, I probably wouldn't be sitting here speaking. I think he would judge us all, harshly, strongly, as we deserve. But the Lord is gracious and what? Righteous. He's gracious. He wants, never say in your heart, oh, the Lord doesn't care. I, you know, I'm living a mediocre life and he knows my way. No, he's righteous. You can't do that. We cannot live in that mediocre life. Yielding to sin, our mindset upon sin, all those things. Because the Lord is righteous. The Lord is righteous. And Jesus didn't live that way, did he? And if he's living through me and in me, my life is going to be like his. But I think the primary thing here as far as prayer that I like is he's gracious. He's gracious, which I believe is the loving kindness of God, the undeserved. So why does he hear my prayer if he is righteous and I am unrighteous in and of myself? Well, A, because he's made me righteous through Jesus Christ. He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I think that's 2 Corinthians 5, somewhere 20 maybe. But the Lord is gracious. That's why he hears my prayer. That's why I can depend upon it, yield upon it, rest upon it. That when I call upon his name, he inclines his ear to me. Do you see it? Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is compassionate. Isn't that great? As a father has compassion upon his children, so the Lord has compassion upon his children. The Lord is compassionate. He cares. The King, King Jesus, is compassionate. He doesn't, when we come to him, he doesn't say, okay, Bill, you, you go ahead and get that right first. He might convict me of something. I'll say, okay, Lord, and we'll, we'll deal with that. But he's gracious. He's compassionate. He hears my cry. In fact, so often he hears my cry and deals with the other thing later. Does that make sense? And I look back and I say, you know, right in the midst of that awful mindset of mine, he heard my cry. <laughs> That's grace, isn't it? Now, I'm not willfully going and saying, no, I'm not going to ever deal with it. No, it's not my mindset. I'm just probably ignorant or oblivious to a thing, which would be easy. Look at this. The Lord preserves the simple. Underline that part. I think he means, you know, just simple in mindset, simple in method, if you please. I think this is the equivalent 
to when Jesus said, unless you become as a child, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. For a child, things are pretty simple, right? Dad, I want a popsicle. <laughs> there it is. They're pretty simple. They're pretty straightforward. Not a lot of, you know, do not a lot of ifs and buts, just pretty simple. Become as a child. The Lord preserves the simple. Look at this equation in, in the second part of verse 6. I was brought low, and he saved me. <laughs> Listen to what my evil heart says sometimes. Well, why'd you even bring me low if you're going to, you know? <laughs> why'd you let me, why didn't you let me not go low? Here's why. To humble my arrogant heart. I said I didn't have a lot of problem with fear, but I do have a lot of problem with pride. Paul even says in Corinthians uh, that the reason he got his thorn in the flesh was to teach him not to trust in himself, not to exalt, not to puff himself up. So we get low because the Lord has to put us low to teach us things. Nebuchadnezzar, I don't know if you recall that story. He had to be brought low, right? David, after Bathsheba, he had to be brought low. He had to be brought low. And you and me... We have to be brought low for some reason. I think it's the humblest. But he brings us low, but he what? Saves us. I was, Kelly, uh, earlier today, and I was amening him when he was talking to my wife and a few others in the house, in just about a hard period of his life, saying how hard it was. Uh he said he probably wouldn't go through it again if he could choose, but the results have been real good. <laughs> Amen? The results, and all of us can say that. I was brought, I remember bring, being brought low. You know, and I'm not talking about my physical condition here. But it was good. It was good that I was afflicted that I might learn thy law. Psalm 119, I think verse 72. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low, and he saved me. Now listen to this. What's David doing? He's talking to himself in verse 7. I heard a, a good brother say once, he goes, uh, don't listen to yourself, talk to yourself. <laughs> I had to meditate on that for a while, but that's pretty good. Don't listen to yourself, talk to yourself. Self being that inner person. Don't listen to that. Sometimes the evil one will get in there and the flesh will get active and we'll start listening to ourselves. Well, no, you talk to yourself. You tell yourself, God is gracious, God is good. You know, talk to yourself. Listen to what he says here. What does he tell himself here in verse 7? Return to your rest, O my soul. Not get rest, not create rest, but what? Return to your rest. Return. Uh, during an interview Kelly and I had on one of these podcasts, uh, I told him about that verse that God used to bring me to himself. And it was, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus gives the believer rest from the very, very beginning. Rest from his own works. Rest from the guilt of his own sin. Rest in him. Rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. But he has lost that rest, perhaps most undoubtedly. You know, 
through the uh, trials he had just been through, right? I was brought low, right, through those trials. The cords of death, as he describes, the terrors of Sheol. So he tells himself, Return to your rest, O my soul. Why? For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. What's the tense of the verse in there? Has dealt. That's past, isn't it? If my English serves me well. Return to my rest, present tense, O my soul. For the Lord, past tense, has dealt bountifully with you. And what's the consequence there? What's the obvious consequence? And will continually be deal bountifully with you. Does that make sense? In other words, right now, in my case, I call upon the name of the Lord. I find distress or whatever condition I'm in. And I call upon him. And I know through experience and through what his word says that he will do what is good, what is right, and deal bountifully with me. And he reminds himself of some things, I think. He's reflecting, I believe, on the past, or even perhaps reflecting on this situation when he came out of it. But both are true. Look at this. For thou hast rescued my soul from death. That's the first thing, isn't it? I think if we apply it to the believer, the greatest gift we have is deliverance from death, right? He who had the power of death, the devil, has been conquered by Jesus Christ, right? He's delivered us from the power of death. What do dead men need? Life. <laughs> dead men don't need religion. Then Dead men don't need ten steps. Dead men, dead men need what? Life. And how do we receive life? Through turning from our sins and faith and receiving it as a free gift through Jesus Christ. And he comes to dwell in us. We are no longer dead, but alive. So if, listen, if he's raised me from the dead, what's he, what's he going to withhold from me? Right? Is that Romans 8? I think so. It goes something like this. He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for you, how shall he not with him give you all things? And I think the all things there is everything necessary for life and godliness, putting it in Peter's words. For thou hast rescued my soul from death, my eyes from tears. Kelly, here's something you might not know about me. I cry a lot. I cry a lot right here, you know, during Hallmark movies all the time, you know. But uh, I cry to the Lord, you know. Uh, I think everybody knows this, and I might as well say, days can get unbearable. Some days I have so much pain, I don't even want to get out of bed. But I know if I stay in that bed, <laughs> I might get here stuck here forever. <laughs> so, And some days I do stay in bed. But you get up and you go. And he has delivered my eyes from tears. One day, he's going to wipe away what? Every tear. Every tear. And here's, what does he remember? He's reminding himself of what the Lord has done for him. And why he's so joyful that this same God will hear his voice. I shall walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I, I may be missing this here, but... 
what this says to me is fellowship with him, right? I shall walk before the Lord and the land. He says, you've delivered me from the death, so now I'm going to walk with the living, <laughs> right? With the Lord. And then the live, who are the living? I'm, for us, for me and you, I think it's believers. I don't think it's just physical. Death, that means we can go out and have, <laughs> walk with anybody because they're living, right? You don't walk with the dead. I never have. Maybe some folks in Cajun country have, but I've never done it. No, I shall walk before the Lord in the land of the living, right? And also there's a future reality to that, certainly, isn't there? The land of the living, the eternal life, heaven. But both are true, right? You can enjoy the presence of the Lord now. John prefaces his epistle with this, says, uh, I write these things that you might have fellowship experiential fellowship with Jesus Christ. I shall walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed when I said, I am greatly afflicted, right? Now what is he doing? He's talking to himself, right? I'm greatly afflicted. Yeah, I believe that. I said in my alarm, all men are liars. Ooh, there goes the mic. I think we're good. I think what he's doing here when he says, I said in my alarm, all men are alive. I think, he, I think he's saying we overreact to sin and people and circumstances, don't we? All men are liars. You know, this person, all men are liars. We don't need to do that. I'm going to be very quick here. I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to get through the whole song. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I love this. Listen to this. He doesn't list anything. Here's how he can give thanks to the Lord. I shall lift up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. <laughs> what is he saying? How shall I give thanks to God? I'll drink the cup of salvation. I'll receive. Think of that. I'll receive. I'll receive it. Suppose some guy, you were a poor little kid, but you were pretty bright and you had no hope of going to college back in the day. Some wealthy guy came up and said, Son, I want to pay your way to college all the way through. And you say, what can I render to you to thank you? He said, receive it and do well, right? I'll drink the cup of salvation. And he ends, we're ending where we started and call upon the name of the Lord. In other words, I will enjoy, I will thank him by enjoying and entering into the good of what he has done. Let me end it there and pray. Father, this is so good. It's rich to my soul. I hope it has been to others as well. Um, for the simple truth that you hear our voice. Always, every time, without exception, you are present. You hear. There's no thing hidden from your sight in me or in this world. Father, and I thank you, and I thank you for those who will hear that their hearts would be strengthened through Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the His Hill Podcast. I want to thank Bill for giving us his time, allowing us into his home office there in Fredericksburg. I want to uh, remind you to be following us on Facebook and Instagram for both the Bible School and for the camp. And if you have any questions or any topics you would like for us to cover, 
here with the podcast, just send me a, an email to kelly at hishill.org. That's kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, at hishill.org. And then finally, if you would like to get in touch with Bill, maybe reconnect with him, he would love to hear from you. His email is fbgtx at icloud.com. That's fbgtx, Fredericksburg, Texas, fbgtx at icloud.com. Until next time, this is Kelly Doherty reminding you to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Jesus.